The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick. And if you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877 207 All right. We had a little bit of phone problems with Luke yesterday. I had to take my wife to the doctor. And um, so Luke filled in. And I know he does a great job. I was listening a little bit there. And he does a good job. All right. So praise God for that. Hope Luke's listening. And uh, if you want to give me a call, like I said, five open lines, 877-207-2276. And guess what? Today, let's see, there we go. Today is my wife and I's 35th wedding anniversary. We've been married 35 years today. So, uh, yay. How about that? Congratulations. She's lucky to have me. And that's what I tell her. In fact, uh, yesterday when we went to the doctor, she had to have a uh, procedure done. And um, so she introduced me. And uh, I said, yeah, I'm her favorite husband. And so, uh, you know, they get a chuckle out of that. All right. Okay. Hey, look, uh, five open lines. Why don't somebody give me a call? You can at least test them out. 877, test the phones out, that is. 877-207-2276. And... uh, Thanks, uh, and congrats to the uh, producer there. All right, so I'm just going to let you know that I spent the uh, past few days getting one of my websites going, calvinistcorner.com. It's up and running. You can check it out. And I'm presently working on getting ismormonismchristian.com working. It used to work, and then we had a, a problem, a, uh, a shift of... Um, servers or something like that and I never kind of caught up to it but I am working on it and hopefully get it done today or tomorrow or next day and get it actually released uh, got a holding page there and I just had to it won't be working right now I just had to redo the DNS a dynamic name server and I did it like five minutes ago it takes uh, a few hours usually to propagate so if you were to go to the site right now you shouldn't see anything there all right uh, so if you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. Don't make me come out there. All right, so what I, I used to do sometime in the issue of Mormonism is um, I would uh, have done this. I've done it many times. I'm thinking about doing it again because I care about the Mormons. Uh, I really do. I, I don't want the, the Mormons to go to eternal damnation. And they say that they believe in the the same God that I do. They say they believe in the God of Scripture, of the Bible, but, uh, you know, they don't. Because the God they teach uh, is from another planet and has a goddess wife, and uh, the Trinity is three separate gods, and none of that is Christian. None of that is biblical. And what they've done is they've changed the meanings of the words that are found in Scripture. They've changed the meanings. So Jesus is, uh, to them, is the uh, brother uh, of uh, the devil and all of us from the pre-existence. But that's not the Jesus of the Bible. Uh, The Trinity 
is uh, three separate gods, but that's not the Trinity of the Bible. Salvation is universal resurrection, but that's not salvation in the Bible. So what Mormonism has done is changed the meanings of the words. And this is clever because what happens is someone might go to a Mormon and say, well, hey, do you uh, do you believe in the Trinity? And they'll say, of course we do. Oh, okay, well, good. And what I tell people is you have to talk to Mormons in terms of definitions, not in terms of the word. So instead of saying, do you believe in the Trinity? You say, do you believe that there's only one God in all existence in all places and all time? Now, they can't say yes to that. But they can say, uh, sometimes what they might say is, well, of this world. There's only one God of this world. And so they're trained to to think in terms of Mormonism as though Mormonism uh, is true. And I know there's a lot of Mormons listening right now because this show gets down, get, gets there in Salt Lake City. And, and you know, no, no Mormon beat me up. No Mormon. Well, I have been threatened by Mormons, though. You know, I was threatened by one. I can say this. Most Mormons are really nice. You know, they'll stop and help you. You know, they're great folks. Seriously. One Mormon missionary did, though. He threatened me. And he threatened me with death. And that, that does not represent all of Mormonism. I'm just saying that that's what this guy did. You know, so I don't hold it against all Mormons. But I remember I was in Southern California. I was talking to uh, these two Mormons. And I was talking about the Danites. The Danites were the hit men from Brigham Young. They would go out and and execute people. Sorry, folks, that's what he would have them do, the Danites. And um, he'd say, use them up, boys. And the people that he would, you know, he'd say to to this one guy, use them up, boys, the Danites. Well, the, the guy would disappear, and the people would come back with gold teeth and things like that. So, sorry, but this is Mormonism. This is Mormon history. A lot of Mormons don't know this. A lot of Mormons think everything's great and all it is that they've been persecuted. Uh, you know, the Han Mills Massacre. You know, they were persecuted there. Um, but they don't tell you, or they don't tell you, that, not that this is what makes it okay, but they don't tell you that the people of Hans Mill, the reason they were massacred, and they should not have been, and it was wrong, was because um, the some Mormons had used a, a sword from a, a, I think it was a lieutenant in the army, and hacked him to try to hack him to death, and he survived, hacked him his face up really badly. And uh, people didn't like that, and they went and, and uh, retaliated against the Mormons. Now, I'm not saying that's okay, uh, not at all. But uh, that's the context, not that it makes it okay. Uh, you don't hear about the Mountain Meadows Massacre, where the Mormons uh, murdered 120 to 125, there's different uh, numbers and counts that they've given, uh, murdered 120 or so uh, men, women, and children. Uh, on 9-11, uh, September 11th, 1857, I think it was, um, there's, a, there's there's that. Uh, Mormons um, can persecute. So anyway, so I was talking to this one Mormon about the Danites and uh, how they were a hit squad for, for Joseph Smith, I mean for Brigham Young, excuse me. And um, I still remember him. He's a big guy and black hair. And um, he's bigger than me. I'm six feet tall. And I remember his uh, bottom lip was quivering because he didn't like that I could answer him on everything. And I told him about the Danites. And he stopped talking. And body language just changed. 
and he leaned forward just a few inches and he looked at me and said you better be careful because they're still around we know who you are and I was like shocked that he said that I was shocked and I never forgot that most Mormons though really nice and um, you know if I would have talked to two Mormon missionaries and told them that I thought their religion was false you know and then we went our separate ways and then I you know bonked my head or something and fell down they did come over and help I mean you know the Mormons are nice guys and they're nice folks I don't have any problem with that but um, you know does Mormonism really teach Christianity well, no, it doesn't. You know, because no one's waiting right now, because I talked about this, I'm trying to get the ismormonismchristian.com website going again. I put a, an index file there. It's a filler file, and uh, I'm going to change the look of it and everything. Hopefully, if it works. Anyway, so um, uh, this is what uh, Mormonism says in the Book of Abraham uh, 4, 3. And they, the gods said let there be light and there was light the gods or how about teachings of the prophet joseph smith page 345 god himself was once as we are now and is an exalted man and sits enthroned in yonder heavens we have imagined that god was god from all eternity i will refute that idea and take away the veil so that you may see that's teachings of the prophet joseph smith page 345 or how about this uh, Mormonism says uh, that the this is doctrine and covenants uh, chapter 130 verse 22 the father has a body of flesh and bones as tangible as man's you can compare that with Alma 18 26 to 27 but uh, Mormonism uh, also says this therefore we know that both the father and the son are in form and stature perfect men each of them possesses a tangible body of flesh and bones now that's articles of faith by james talmage page 38 now come on is that what the bible teaches um so i just got a challenge let me see what is this someone just a pop-up just came up wants someone to debate me let's see if it'll come up pop up no nope, i guess not all right because so if people want to debate me they want a piece of me he wants to debate on the Trinity. Like, I don't know who this guy is. So uh, here's something else. The Trinity, according to them, this is Articles of Faith by James Talmadge. The Trinity is three separate gods. Quote, that these three are separate individuals physically distinct from each other is demonstrated uh, by that they accepted records of divine dealings with man. So that's what that's what he says that uh, they're individual physical distinct uh, beings now this is what this is is the the idea that in Mormonism God is an exalted man and think about what heaven is to them becoming a god living with your family now those are noble things you want to live with your family I should say but the reason they say those things is because they don't know who the true God is the true God he is the best to be with not your family I'm not negating having you know, love for your family and you know I've heard Mormons say if I can't be with my family in eternity I don't want to go there you know in heaven I don't want to go there Wow as if that's the standard of what goodness is 
instead of the very incredible holy presence of God. Now, be their family. Well, they're going to get what they want. They'll be with their family because they're their family are Mormons too, unfortunately. Then they'll join them in hell. And I, I don't say that with glee. I don't say it with joy. I say it w with sorrow because they're believing in things that are not true. Mormonism is not the restoration of the gospel. Now, here's the thing. You know, I'm going to just offer this right now. I, I offer to debate any top Mormon on Mormonism. Is Mormonism biblical? Or is it Trinity three separate gods? Or whatever you want to you know, do. You know, we, we have to agree on the topic. But I just offer this polite challenge to, to debate anybody on this. Now, it can't be just Bob, some guy who just became a Mormon three weeks ago and challenges me. No. Someone who, you know, a bishop or someone who's qualified to be able to represent Mormonism. Not that they would be the official representation of Mormon, you know, that represent the church, but this is their view and just debate a Mormon because they don't have officials do that. They don't have a official Mormons uh, debate for the church or represent the church. And I get that. So here's something else. This is uh, what Brigham Young said. The birth of our Savior was as natural as are the births of our children. It was the result of natural action. He partook of flesh and blood, was begotten of his Father, as we were of ours. What? Or how about, cause that's, what, uh, that's Journal of Discourses, Volume H, page 115. Now this is from Bruce McConkie's book, Mormon Doctrine, page 547. I'll read that when I get back and talk more about Mormonism. Well, let me just do this and see. Tell people give me a call, 877-207-2276. Be right back. Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Five open lines, 877-207-2276. I'm just going to continue uh, explaining about Mormonism, quoting from their sources. Maybe there's people out there who are thinking about joining the Mormon church, because I'm warning you, you shouldn't. Okay, it's not Christian. Let's go through some more of what uh, Mormonism uh, says. This is about salvation. Now, salvation in the Bible is being saved from the righteous judgment of God, having your sins forgiven. Now, salvation has a double meaning in Mormonism, universal resurrection and forgiveness of sins. So this is Articles of Faith by James Talmadge, page 7879. Now, this is from, these are from Mormon sources. James Talmadge was one of the 70. Okay, so he's, he's official. And this book, uh, Articles of Faith, still store, uh, still sold, sold, excuse me, as far as I know, in Mormon bookstores. Last time I was in one and checked, there it was. They've been selling it for decades. Anyway, quote, The first effect of the atonement is to secure to all mankind alike exemption from the penalty of the fall, thus providing a plan of general salvation. The second effect is to open a way for individual salvation, whereby mankind may secure remission of personal sins. Now, what we can say 
is that in Mormonism, Second Nephi 25-23, you're saved by grace through faith after all you can do. You know, today, I was working out at the gym, and um, sometimes what I'll do is I'll put in a chat room and I'll listen to my headset while I'm uh, working out. And I was listening to uh, Muslims talk about how great Islam was. And so I really couldn't talk because of noise in the gym. And so I just texted in the, the chat area of their, their voice uh, thing. And I said, uh, are your sins forgiven right now? And the answer was, well, no. Uh, if we you know, repent and are faithful, then will our sins will be are, are forgiven and i said so then you obtain salvation in part through your goodness and they did not like me saying that but it's true you know, mormonism teaches that the muslims teach that the jehovah's witnesses teach that they teach that you have to obey commandments in order to be saved and i said to these guys in the chat i said well you know, how's that not prideful? Please tell me, how is it not prideful? And they, you know, they started attacking Christianity. You know, and I said, look, stay on, stay on topic. I just was texting. I didn't text much more than this. I said, please tell me how it's not prideful to say that you achieve your salvation, your forgiveness of sins, in part by your goodness and your ability before the infinitely holy God. How's that not pride? And they didn't respond to that. And, you know, I asked the Mormons, do you really believe that your good works and your sincerity are going to merit something before the infinitely holy God? If Galatians 2.21 says, if, if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ died needlessly. If you could get to heaven by doing something right, then why did Christ need to die? See, the summation of the law, according to Jesus in Matthew 22, uh, 37 through 39, is summed up in two commandments. Love God and love your neighbor. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And these are the two commandments of the greatest of the law, the prophets, and all that. So, you know, my, my, my question is, if you say, you know, you love God, you keep these commandments, are you loving God with all your heart? Well, No. Are you loving your neighbor as yourself? Well, no, you're not. See, the standard is God. In fact, the standard is what Jesus did and how he was. Jesus was perfect. He never sinned, First uh, Peter 2.22. So he kept the Old Testament law perfectly. So here's the thing. Um, you know, Paul says in Galatians 3.10, if you stumble at one point, you're guilty of all. Or no, that's uh, James 2.10. If you stumble in one part of the law, you're guilty of all. In James, uh, he said, uh, boy, I'm messing up here. Uh, Paul said in Galatians 3.10 that you, uh, if, you know, as many as are the works of the law are a curse. For curse is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to perform them. If you're going to say that you have to do good works in order to have your sins forgiven, then you're obligated to keep all the law. And if you break one, you're guilty. And how is there any hope for the forgiveness of sins in that? How is there any hope? I just don't see it. And you know, when we go to uh, when we go to let's see, where is it? Is it eighty? 
I'm trying to find it. Remember, eighty Psalm eighty. No, not Psalm. Uh, I think it is uh, DNC eighty two. Eighty two. No, I'm trying to remember. It's been a while. Off the top of my head here. Uh, oh yeah, eighty two seven. And now verily I say unto you, I the Lord will not lay any sin to your charge. Go your ways and sin no more. But unto the soul who sinneth shall the former sins return, saith the Lord your God. Whoa. So wait a minute. So in Mormonism, you're supposed to not sin. And if you, you know, don't sin, then you're okay. But if you do sin, then all of your former sins come back to you, come back upon you. How is that hope? How is that, 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 uh, I don't understand how anybody could put any hope in that. Because what it's saying is that you have to be perfect. And if you sin again, then you're just lost. This is what, uh, Book of Mormon, uh, Moroni 10.32 says, Yea, come into Christ and be perfected in him, and deny yourselves of all ungodliness. And if you shall deny yourself of all ungodliness and love God with all your might, your mind and strength, then is his grace sufficient for you, that by his grace ye may be perfect in Christ. And if by the grace of God ye are perfect in Christ, ye can in no wise deny the power of God. Now, I just got to tell you that when I read this kind of stuff, it reminds me of the book of uh, the Quran. If you're a Mormon and you think the Book of Mormon's all that great, read the Quran and see if they sound similar to you. Okay, but they're about the same size. Anyway, so Moroni ten thirty two says, uh, if you deny yourself of all ungodliness, okay, then his grace is sufficient for you. Well, have you done that? How many Mormons would say, yeah, I deny myself of all ungodliness? Really? Wow, man. So, in other words, you've done it on the level of Jesus? Because that's what the standard is, is Jesus. You know, Jesus says, pick up your cross and follow after me. Nothing in the Bible says, if you're sincere, if thou wist art sincereth, then shalt the Lord your God forgiveth thee, if thou shalt remain sincere. Nothing like that is in Scripture, ever. Because the Bible negates the idea of the quality of our heart being sufficient by which we can obtain in any way, shape, or form any forgiveness of sins. But in Mormonism, that's the case. This is what it comes down to. You see, you've got to understand, this is, this is bad. In fact, when we get back from the break, I'll read you what Articles of Faith, page 79, says about forgiveness should be interesting. Please stay tuned. Be right back after these messages. Uh, we can uh, we can talk about that. Some other things. All right. I assume we're on. Is that correct? Are we live? Let's see. Oh, his PC just start restarted. Okay, so I guess we're live. All right. So, well, we had a call, and then we don't. So what I'm going to do is continue on my discussion of what Mormonism says, what it teaches. I don't know. I wasn't planning this, but I think it'll be 
it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. So in Salvation, this is Articles of Faith by James Talmadge, page 79. Quote, as these sins are the result of individual acts, it is just that forgiveness for them shall be conditioned on individual compliance with prescribed requirements, obedience to the laws and ordinances of the gospel. Now, close quote. Now, here's the thing. Um, that's just hopelessness. See, what Mormons are, are taught to do is uh, to trust a feeling. Now think about this. I'm going to back up. I'm going to say something here. And I want you to, to pay attention where I'm going to go with this logic. When we see people uh, in seances or in varying forms of the occult, what they'll do is they will uh, do something and say something. And they want to say certain words because by saying the certain words, they expect a certain spiritual result. All right, now, it's called sorcery. Now, God forbids us to practice any form of sorcery. What we're to do is to pray to the true and living God and only the true and living God. We don't pray and ask God if what he says is true. Because to do that is to insult him and to doubt that what he says is true. Because Satan is the one who said, well, did God really say? Satan's the one who cast doubt upon God's word. The reason I bring this up is because in Mormonism, they want you to pray about, to read the Book of Mormon, and then pray about it to see if it's true. Now, here's the problem with that. If the Book of Mormon is from God, why do you have to pray to see if it's true? Do you have to pray to see if the Bible's true? Of course not. God never says pray to see if the Bible's true, because it's his word. You don't pray to, to him to, for him to verify his own word to you to see it's true. Of course it's true. I'm telling you it's true. God is true by definition. That's why you don't find anything in Scripture that says, oh, pray about truth. But in the Book of Mormon, you pray about this. You read this book. Now, you have to understand a psychological phenomenon occurs. You read something for a long time, and you get this, this, this pattern in your brain. Uh, and it came to pass. It came to pass. And all this stuff, and you've devoted all this time to reading it, then you praise it true. You can have a psychological uh, effect. Well, yeah, I've spent all this time reading it. It's got to be true. It has all this stuff about God in it. And so what you're doing, what the Mormons are doing, is actually a form of sorcery. Because they're asking a spirit of some sort to convey to them truth about a book. And nothing in Scripture says to do that. So what they're doing automatically, without recognizing, without realizing it is, participating in a form of sorcery. Therefore, they won't get the, the uh, truth from the living God. Because they're not praying to the true living God. They're praying to whatever God they think is the God of Mormonism, which they've been told is the restored uh, gospel, and that God gave another planet. And they're praying to whoever the God of the Bible, excuse me, the God of the Book of Mormon is. Well, it's not the God of the Bible. And so they're opening themselves up to the occult and a demonic um, influence. 
Now, Mormons who are listening to this might be very angry at what I'm saying. Well, and refute it from Scripture. Now, to go to James 1.5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Yeah, wisdom. Wisdom is a proper use of knowledge, and it's already spoken of to those who are already believers, because James is writing to the Jews, that the twelve tribes scattered abroad. He's not writing to Christians later on, 2,000 years ago, to say, pray about a book. This is what the Mormons do, and they take things out of context, misapply them. And so when they do that, in addition, they're twisting the Word of God. Another reason that they'll be deceived. This is incredibly clever in the demonic realm. To get people to pray about something that sounds true, but you're not praying to the true and living God, but to someone they think is a true and living God, and they get a burning in their bosom. They're looking for truth based on a feeling, not what God has already said. So a third problem is what they're doing is looking for truth based on experience, not the Word of God, the Bible. But wait a minute. Oh, the Bible's been corrupted, they say. Now they have to have something new. There you go. Satan is the first one to cast doubt on God's Word, and that's when deception comes in. Do you think that God isn't capable of keeping His Word, which represents Him? Do you think it's capable of keeping it secure and truthful? Of course He is. When the Mormons say in Article 8 that the Bible is correct insofar as it is correctly translated, well, translated means from one language to another language. To interpret, for example, Yo tengo hambre in Spanish is I, I have hunger. We interpret that one spoken uh, language uh, interpreted to another spoken language. That's what that means to interpret. So, spoken to spoken, yo tengo hambre, is I have hunger, or I'm hungry. But a translation is when you write yo tengo hambre, then you write the equivalent out, I am hungry. That's a translation, because translations deal with written, and interpretation deals with spoken. This is how the language has been used, this is what it means. But when they say, insofar as the Bible's correctly translated, they take the word translate and think it means interpret. Or it doesn't, because there's confusion in Mormonism. So I've had four and a half years of biblical Greek, uh, of, of ancient Greek and biblical Greek, and in college and seminary. And so I can look at the Greek New Testament. I'm very rusty, but I have lots of tools, and I know what to do. And I can tell you, yes, it's accurately translated from the original Greek to now. It is. So that would mean if it's accurately translated, then it's accurate. Well, it is accurate because it's accurately translated. Greek scholars routinely will tell you, yeah, the New Testament, go to the NASB, for example, it's accurate. So what are the Mormons being taught? They're being taught a way to doubt God's word. Just like Satan said to Eve in in Genesis 3.1, did God really say? When you doubt God's word, then you pray about the truth of something else that's not God's word, then you're in sorcery and you are mixing up yourself with the demonic realm, opening yourself up to deception. And this is why millions of Mormons have a feeling about truth. But the problem with feelings is you can't trust them. People say, well, no, 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 Matt, you don't understand. I, I prayed to God and he gave me, he's not going to deceive me. Well, the Bible does say God will send a deluding influence upon people 
That's Second Thessalonians 2.11. And he sends it because of their sin. He, he lets you believe the lie. In fact, God gives people over to the depravity of their heart and their mind to believe lies. That's Romans chapter 1, verses 18-32. through 32. You've got to understand. You've got to understand that the Word of God is true. You judge truth by the Word of God, the Bible, not by the Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants. They are not capable of giving you what you need for eternal life. Joseph Smith is not a true prophet. And we know that because when we go to John 6.46, Jesus says, Not that any man has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. He's talking about himself. No man's ever seen the Father. In fact, Paul echoes that in First Timothy 6.16 when he says, that, that speaking of the Father, he dwells in unapproachable light who no man has seen or can see. Some Mormons tell me, well, jo uh, Stephen saw God, the Father. No, he didn't. They say, yes, he did. No, he did not. Go read. Acts 755 through 60 had a vision and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand. It doesn't say they saw the Father. It doesn't say he saw God, but the glory of God. The light emanation out of God's presence is what he saw. So you see, why is this important? Well, Joseph Smith said he saw God the Father, when the Bible says he can't. Therefore, Mormonism is false. Right there. If you believe the Word of God, if you believe God, if you don't, you have to believe Mormonism, you've got to deny the Word of God. And you're open up to deception again. Hey, we'll be right back after these messages. Hope you're enjoying this. Please stay tuned. And I'll read some stuff what Joseph Smith said. Should be interesting. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live. Taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. All right. I'm going to read you a quote from Joseph Smith. And uh, this is a special quote for me. This is what Joseph Smith said, History of the Church, Volume 6, page 408, 409. Now, my friend Charlie, uh, he read me this quote uh, back in, we, we don't know exactly, we think it was 1980, 1979 or 1980. I just met him at a Bible study. He read me this quote, and the quote enraged me, made me mad. And I started studying Mormonism because of it, and then Jehovah's Witnesses, then Christian Science, theology and the whole bet it changed the direction of my life literally this is no joke I'm not exaggerating the quote I'm going to read you actually served as the fire uh, the, the match that lit the fire uh, that burned the forest in my life and it lit everything up and I became a Christian apologist because of, of this or God used this quote to ordain for me what he wanted this is the quote this is what Joseph Smith said. God is in the still small voice in all these affidavits, indictments. It is all of the devil, all corruption. Come on, ye prosecutors, you false swearers, all hell boil over. Ye burning mountains, roll down your lava, for I will come out on the top at last. I have more to boast of than ever any man had. I'm the only man that has ever been able to keep a whole church together since the days of Adam. A large majority of the whole have stood by me. Neither Paul, John, Peter, 
nor Jesus ever did it. I boast that no man ever did such a work as I. The followers of Jesus ran away from him, but the Latter-day Saints never ran away from me yet. When my friend Charlie read me this quote, and he's my friend now, at that point he was, I just met this guy one week earlier, and uh, he read me this quote, and I still remember it. I remember him where he was standing, my position, the paper in his hand, and I ripped the paper out of his hand, and I crumpled it up, and I said, who said this? Who would say this? This is the arrogant pride of boasting even more than even Jesus. Give me a break. Who said this? And he said, Joseph Smith. And I said, well, who's that? He said, Joseph Smith, that's a founder of Mormonism. And my reply to him was, well, Mormonism is Christian, but this guy is not. And he said, no, they're not Christian. I said, yes, they are. And he said, no, they're not. I said, well, what, what do you mean they're not? And he started telling me, well, they teach that God gave another planet. What? Yeah, that the Trinity's three gods. What? What? Are you kidding me? And he, what? And he says he went to this one class, and he was learning about this. Jer Jerry and, or, uh, Jerry Bodine, uh, he was working with Walter Martin, uh, uh, yeah, remember all this up. He was with Christian Research Institute with Walter Martin. Okay, and so we went to the class, and I couldn't believe it that they were documenting all this stuff for Mormonism, and this got me studying. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, it. I remember the Bodines, uh, Jerry and Marion. That's what it was. Anyway. So this started me studying, and uh, that's what changed my life, literally. So get this. This is what Joseph Smith said in Journal of Discourses, Volume 6, page 10. A question may be asked. Will mothers have their children in eternity? Yes, yes. Mothers, you shall have your children. That was in, uh, yep, okay. Same documentation. Our eternity is full of thrones upon which dwell thousands of children reigning on thrones of glory with not one cubit added to their stature. And uh, let's see, Joseph Smith uh, said, yes, uh, this is what he says, Teaching of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 370, I have always declared God to be a distinct personage, Jesus Christ a separate and distinct personage from, the from God the Father and the Holy Ghost as a distinct personage and a spirit, and these three constitute three distinct personages and three gods. And the Bible says there's only one God. God doesn't even know of any other God. All you got to do is go to Isaiah chapters 43, 44, and 45. Just read those three chapters. 43, 44, 45. Just read them. And you'll see God says there aren't any. There's no more. And what the Mormons do, they say, that means just of this planet. They change the word of God just a little to make it agree with what they want. They twist scripture. Yeah. Here's something that... Uh, that uh, Joseph Smith said this is in uh, uh, let's see since he was wrong okay that's uh, well, that I won't have the direct quote but Joseph Smith said that there were men living on the moon who dressed like Quakers and lived to be nearly a thousand years old now you get the documentation from that in Mormonism Shadow of Reality by Gerald and Sandra Tanner page 4 here's some stuff that Brigham Young said here's some stuff Brigham Young said um and that and he that confesseth not that Jesus has come in the flesh and 
sent Joseph Smith with the fullness of the gospel to this generation is not of God but is Antichrist. Journal of Discourses, Volume 9, page 312. So if I don't believe that Joseph Smith was sent by God, then I'm Antichrist. Well, well, I don't believe Joseph Smith was sent by God. He, he lied. He said he saw God the Father. The Bible says he can't. First Timothy six sixteen. Uh, here's what uh, one of my favorite quotes from Joseph Smith. I mean, from Joseph from uh, Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Volume Thirteen, page two sixty four, also page ninety five. I say now, when they his discourses his preachings and his teachings, are copied and approved by me, they are as good as scripture as is couched in this Bible. That's what Brigham Young said. Wow. Uh, and he said he's never given any counsel that's wrong. And uh, this is, uh, he said, I know just as well what to teach this people and just what to say to them and what to do in order to bring them into the celestial kingdom. I have never yet preached a sermon and sent it out to the children of men that they may not call scripture. Let me have the privilege of correcting a sermon and it is good as scripture as they deserve. The people have the oracles of God continually. Wow. That's what Brigham Young said. Do you guys believe? Do you Mormons believe what Brigham Young said? Because he said Adam was God. He said that... Um, he said this, if you deny polygamy, you're damned. Now, if any of you will deny the plurality of wives and continue to do so, I promise that you will be damned. Journal of Discourses, volume 3, page 266. He also said, the only men who are gods, even the sons of God, are those who enter into polygamy. Journal of Discourses, volume 11, page 269. Now, wait a minute. Brigham Young said, you have to believe what he says. I said, you got, you got to do that. This is good as scripture. He doesn't give anything out that's not true. And now he's saying that you're damned if you don't practice polygamy. Woo. Oh, that's a problem, isn't it? Uh, he also said, No man or woman in this dispensation will ever enter into the celestial kingdom of God without the consent of Joseph Smith. Wow. Or how about, uh, that's a Journal of Discourses, Volume 7, page 289. How about this one? God himself is increasing and progressing in knowledge, power, and dominion, and will do so world without end. Journal of Discourses, Volume 6, page 120. He's growing in wisdom and understanding and knowledge and all that kind of stuff. Really? Then how can you trust him? How do you know he's not going to grow to some new level of understanding where he says, uh-oh, we made some mistakes here. How do you know that's not the case? If he's growing in his wisdom, growing in his knowledge, progressing, increasing and progressing in knowledge, power and dominion, that means there's God's powerful than, more, more powerful than him. And what are they? Can they fight each other? I mean, I don't know. I've just never asked a Mormon that. But can one God from a planet want to take over another planet? A God, because maybe that God is not teaching something that's right. I don't know. Let's see. Uh, what man or woman? Well, the previous one was uh, Journal of Discourses, Volume Six, Page One Twenty, where, where God's increasing in knowledge. This quote: uh, "What man or woman on earth, what spirit in the spirit world, can say truthfully that I have ever, that I ever gave a wrong word of counsel or a word of advice that could not be sanctioned by the heavens? The success which has attended me in my presidency is owing to the blessings and mercy of the Almighty." Journal of Discourses, Volume Twelve, Page One Twenty Seven. Wow. 
Brigham Young taught that you're obligated to keep all the laws and ordinances of God. Um, that's General Discourses, Volume H, page 339. Let's see. Uh, let's see, let's see. Oh, yeah, this is a good quote. When the time came, this is what Brigham Young taught. Remember, Brigham Young says whatever he says is equivalent to Scripture. He's corrected the sermon. That's it. As good as counsel as you need. It's a proof from heaven. When the time came that his firstborn, the Savior, should come into the world and take a tabernacle, the Father came himself and favored that spirit with a tabernacle instead of letting any other man do it. Journal of Discourses, Volume 4, page 218. He goes on to say, The birth of the Savior was as natural as are the births of our children. It was the result of natural action. He partook of flesh and blood, was begotten of his Father, as we are of our fathers. Journal of Discourse, page, uh, Volume 8, page 115. Now note, the late Bruce McConkie, who is a member of the First Council of the Presidency, stated, quote, There is nothing figurative about his paternity. He was begotten, conceived, and born in the normal and natural course of events. Mormon Doctrine by Bruce McConkie, page 742. He's just going off what Brigham Young said. It looks like God, has a, God the Father, has a body of flesh and bones, came down and had relations with Mary to make the body of Jesus. That's what he's saying. Wow. Okay. When the time came for his firstborn, the Savior, could, uh, should come into the world and take a tabernacle, the Father came himself and favored that spirit with a tabernacle instead of letting any other man do it. The birth of our Savior was as natural as are the births of our children. It was a result of natural action. The, ooh, wow. Hey, how about this one? This is good. Uh, Brigham Young and black people. You see some classes of human family that are black, uncouth, uncomely, disagreeable, and low in their habits, wild, and seemingly deprived of nearly all the blessings of the intelligence that is generally bestowed upon mankind. Cain slew his brother. Can might, Cain might have killed, and that would have put up a termination of that line of human beings. This was not to be, and the Lord put a mark upon him, which is his flat nose and black skin. Journal and Discourses, Volume 7, page 290. Remember what Brigham Young said. It's a good as scripture. In our first settlement in Missouri, it was said by our enemies that we intended to tamper with the slaves, not that we had any idea or kind, for such a thing never entered our minds. We knew that the children of Ham were to be the servants of servants, and no power under heaven could hinder it so long as the Lord would permit them to welter under the curse and those who were known to be religious views concerning them. Journal Discourses, volume 2, page 172, and one more quote. Shall I tell you the law of God in regard to the African race? If the white man who belongs to the chosen seed mixes his blood with the seed of Cain, the penalty under the law of God is death on the spot. This will always be so. Journal of Discourses, volume 10, page 110. Yeah, obviously. That's racist and uh, very sinful. This, yet this is what uh, Brigham Young taught. I haven't even gotten into the substantial changes of the Book of Mormon. Oh, there's so much to talk about. I hope you've enjoyed the show. hope it was interesting and informative. If you have any comments, you can always email me at info at carm.org. C-A-R-M dot O-R-G. We can talk. 
May the Lord bless you. By His grace, we'll be back on the air tomorrow. Talk to you then. See you. Bye. Another program powered by the Truth Network.